a good episode coming. Chase, we're going to do a NFL season retrospective. I, I want to preface this by saying nobody predicted this right because no one could have predicted this absolutely horribleness that ended up out of this division. You were very adamant that they would not be the last place team. I thought it was a fair bet. I still think it's kind of a fair bet. I just I think the Jags really purposely tanked there at the end of the year once Minshew got hurt. Um, and the football team had the fortunate luck of playing in that weird, awful division and could squeeze some things out. Welcome to the WNP Podcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson. Joining me today, as always, my co-host, Chase Crawshaw. Chase, how are we feeling today? Feeling pretty swell, maybe even a little more swell than normal. Uh, with all the snow outside, you know, I'm a big snow guy. Love love just seeing white cover in the grounds. Uh, just a pretty view out my window, so I'm, I'm very happy. How are you? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I, okay, you're inappropriate. <laughs> Uh, I'm doing really well today, um, obviously. Giggling, giggling bright and early. Uh, not really bright and early. It's 2.40 p.m. on a Tuesday. Um, but I am uh, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I got some homework to do later, uh, but I've also got a dinner date with some family members, my aunt and a couple cousins and stuff. So that's going to be really fun. Um, and then I kind of got to decide when I'm leaving East Lansing and coming back to the TWIP because... Uh, I've got like three events that are taking place on Wednesday and they're all within a time frame of, OK, I'm not going to be able to get home in time or, or I'm just barely going to make it home in time in between those time frames. So a lot of stuff on the plate, but overall, I'm doing pretty well. A lot of snow out there on the ground like Chase was talking about and a, a good episode coming. Chase, we're going to do a NFL season retrospective. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I was looking forward to when we eventually do this. Uh, you mentioned that it was just NFL season predictions, not fantasy predictions, but there's one that I want to talk about because I was very right on it, and I remember Alec was appalled that I ever said it, but, you know, I was right. What a surprise. So when we get when we get to that point, we'll talk about it. Yeah, and we're going to talk about a hot take that Alec had that you were absolutely appalled by, but... Because uh, I was it, stupid. <laughs> Uh, but it's going to be a, a, a fun episode. Just Chase and I, um, we're going to get Alec on for the QB ranking show that we're going to do in, I think, two weeks, maybe three weeks. I think next week we're going to do our WNP version 1.0 mock draft. So that'll be something to look out for. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be an exciting time. This offseason is the best time of the year for Chase and I as we're big prospect guys. Uh, and we just love seeing player movement, even though... You know, players, they don't necessarily love being traded or going through free agency and moving on from different teams, different cities. Uh, we're all into that. So how today's retrospective is going to work, we're going to go through our divisions, talk about why we had teams where, how badly our predictions panned out or how greatly our predictions panned out. And then after that, we're going to look at some of the hot takes and just, oh boy, uh, they're hot takes for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even remember mine exactly, to be honest with you, but I just got a bad feeling. All right, Chase. Well, we'll hop into divisions first. Um, let's start off with the NFC and we'll even start off with 
your division, the NFC North, your Lions are within that division. What were your predictions for the NFC North? And then we'll talk about how they panned out. Am I thrown in record or no? Um, I guess. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw it anyway just to show how wrong it was. All right. So Minnesota had winning the division at 12 and 4 with the Detroit Lions going 10 and 6. The Green Bay Packers going 8 and 8. And the Chicago Bears going 6 and 10. So I don't remember how... I don't remember how um, I don't remember the Bears record, but I know that obviously um, Green Bay Minnesota was completely wrong. I don't remember exactly what the Bears was, but re- regardless, this this whole thing was just completely wrong. Uh, and then not, I don't think the order the order wasn't right. Nothing was right. Everything was just completely wrong. It was terrible. Right, and my predictions. I will say this: I was a little bit pressured because Alec and Graham were doing this show with us. Or no, no, I I think. Graham was supposed to do the show with us, and then he dipped, and then Alec came in. Yep. I don't know. One of them. Uh, I, I was pressured to actually put the Lions higher than what I had them originally. Uh, I had the Lions and the Bears both 6-10, and 10, but I was like, okay, I'll give the Lions one more win over the Bears just to make the boys not be, like, disgusted with me and think I'm a Lion hater when in, actual, in actuality – that's probably more realistic. So my overall records, Minnesota 11 and 5, Green Bay 10 and 6, the Lions 7 and 9, Chicago 5 and 11. How the divisions actually ranked, uh, Green Bay 13 and 3, Chicago 8 and 8, Minnesota 7 and 9, and then Detroit 5 and 11. Chase, talk about the Lions a little bit. Talk about why you had them at 10 and 6. So when you looked at the roster offensively, it, it was it was a really good offensive roster actually. Like the offense line had finally improved. Uh, young r- running back DeAndre Swift, he was looking prime to come in. Uh, the receiving core was looking good, and Hawk was going into his second year. And you had a healthy Matt Stafford. Like everything was perfect for the offense. Knew the defense would be a struggle, um, but we've seen Stafford overcome the defense before. It was possible he could have done it again. And we, I was kind of hoping that the defense would take at least the next correct step. And I had a feeling they were going to be bad, even though Graham and Alec loved that defense. I was like, no, dude, it's just not good. Uh, but I still thought they were going to be better than they were. Uh, but really, everything just kind of went haywire. Uh, they, they lost a couple of Bush League games because of some bad calls. Uh, they lost some games because just the team wasn't playing well. Or, they, you know, they, they got blown out a few times. The season really went, like, for a five-win season, it went about as bad as it could. You think, like, saying as bad as it could, it could be like a one-two-win season. It really felt like that. I, I just, like, if I told you what, if I didn't know the record of the Lions, but I just remember watching the games, I would have said they went 2-14 and 14 this year, to be honest, because that's just how it looked. It's how it felt. But they ended up squeezing out five wins. Uh, they're picking seventh in the draft because of it. They're hopefully going to use that pick to, I hope they get more, uh, like, capital with that pick because there's not someone that's going to change the team enough with that pick right there. Um, but, yeah, I just kind of rambled a little bit there. But it really just everything went wrong. Right. And I I think we can both hit on the Bears a little bit, like really quickly. I mean, we didn't have any faith in this team just because of the quarterback situation. I mean, uh, Nick Foles, we aren't a big believer in. And Mitch Trubisky, even though he is the only MVP of all time, uh, we, we, we didn't think that, you know, he had it either. But the defense really stepped up early on in the season. Then they went on quite a skid towards the middle of the season and then we're able to finish eight and eight but uh, overall as a team we weren't excited about them no not at all like it's just a very unspectacular roster really when it comes down to it just no you know there's an like Dave Montgomery had a good season uh there's some solid defensive players but really it's about it as a whole it's just like uh just underwhelming yeah absolutely and then with the Minnesota Vikings you and I both had them up top 
looking back now, I, I kind of am not sure. I mean, I would assume that my thinking was, oh, they got Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, um, two nice tight ends. Offense is okay, but the defense is where it really picks up. Daniil Hunter, Yannick Ngakwe, Eric Kendricks, Harrison Smith. Well, Unique Ngakwe gets traded pretty early on, and the secondary outside of Harrison Smith was quite brutal. Um, I should have, I should have took into account that they lost Mackenzie Alexander and Trey Waynes, two of their top corners, and it was it was just a bad decision to have them at number one. See, I knew they had those corners missing that the the, the D backs were being kind of rough, but I still thought that the rest of the team was just good enough to overcome that issue. And it really wasn't the case. They still, you know, they, they showed some flash offensively. Defensively, though, it was just kind of atrocious. Um, like, it, it just wasn't a season that where things went right for them. I don't Im- imagine that they continue being down like this. I think they had a couple pieces, and they're back to being a contender again next year. I'd be shocking if they weren't. Yeah, and we're not going to be going over every single team every time. We're going to be talking about more of the shock picks uh, as we go forward here. But we did want to hit on the NFC North because this is a division that we know a lot about. So, uh, Chase, last but not least, you had the Green Bay Packers only at 8-8. Eight and eight. I had them at 10-6. and six. I was confident in them. What made you think they were going to have that big of a step back going from last year to this year? Well, starting off with the brutal receiver core, and having really no tight end um, going into the season, I didn't think that a tight end was going to establish himself the way Tonian did. And then I didn't think that the supplemental help from the receiving core, you know, and the Alan Lazard when he was healthy, wasn't be enough to do it. I mean, really, even like MVS, he struggled when he had the chance. It was just Devontae Adams just dominating, Robert Tonian getting a bunch of targets. And then the running game itself, I thought that Aaron Jones was going to take a step back. There was going to be touchdown regression that was obvious. He was not going to do what he did last season. Um, and I thought the whole running back group was going to struggle a little bit, and A.J. Dillon was going to get much use. Once he started getting used, you know, they, I really liked what A.J. Dillon could do. Obviously, I liked him coming out of college. Look forward to seeing him going forward. But Aaron Jones did regress a bit, still played very well. Jamal Williams is still a great complimentary back. And then, you know, the the defense, that they, I, I just thought, I, I thought a little bit lower the defense than I guess what they actually performed. I thought they were going to not necessarily struggle, but kind of be underwhelming. But, you know, they, they did what they needed to do to help Aaron Rodgers win. Yeah, and we know how good Aaron Rodgers was, but I don't think any of us would have predicted that he was, uh, you know, the MVP candidate. I mean, he wasn't a runaway candidate, but it was getting to the point where it was like, okay, this is obviously the best player in the league right now. Yeah, he was as close to a runaway candidate as you can be without actually being a runaway candidate, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. But Chase, we'll now move on to the NFC South. Uh, This is the division that I think Davey did with us. He was very high on the Buccaneers. He had them going first. Uh, That was not the situation for us. So why don't you run through your NFC South quickly? I'll hit mine and then we'll look at the actual records and talk about it a little bit. Starting off, New Orleans twelve and four, then Atlanta eleven and five. Yikes! Uh, Tampa Bay seven and nine, and then Carolina two and fourteen. Yikes! <laughs> Looking really good there. Uh, so what I had was New Orleans twelve and four, Tampa ten and six, Atlanta eight and eight, and then Carolina five and eleven. Uh, yeah, Atlanta was quite disappointing, eh? So how it actually yeah. panned out: New Orleans twelve and four, Tampa eleven and five, Carolina five and eleven. And Atlanta four and twelve. Tampa did end up winning the Super Bowl. So, um, it, but we're looking at regular season, of course. So uh, I, I think New Orleans pretty obvious. Um, I'm interested to see 
what you think of Atlanta. Uh, I had them at 8-8, eight and eight, and I think really the main reason that we were so far off was the fact that they had, what, like three or four games won going into the fourth quarter and the early, early on stages of the season and then decided to just throw them away. Yeah, they pissed away a lot of games this year. It's really a shame. Like, looking at this roster, it, it's a good roster offensively and defensively. I, I, everyone knew it was going to be an issue, but it wasn't just like, didn't look like the absolutely most atrocious defensive group in the league. So you think that, okay, Matt Ryan, if he plays at a level he has before, he's played in an MVP level, he's won an MVP. You got Julio Jones, you got an emerging Calvin Ridley, you got Todd Gurley. Like, you can get this done, but it just, nothing worked. The offense didn't work if Julio was in the lineup, even when he was sometimes in. The defense literally didn't work once. It was just completely obliterated night in and night out. It was just an embarrassing season for the Falcons. Yeah, they were a bad team. And then the Saints, I mean, we both had them at number one. That's what happened. They were number one in their division. Um, you had Tampa at 7-9, and nine, correct? Yep. What was it about Tampa that worried you? It's just Bruce Arians, Tom Brady are very two different people when it comes to the philosophy side of football. Uh, I thought it was going to be a little more of an adjustment period, especially with COVID offseason. Thought that, you know, one year and the next year, I think they're going to be a Super Bowl contender. Well, it turns out they struggled the season, but they, uh, you know, they figured out midseason and ended up going on a crazy run winning the Super Bowl this year. Um, you know, the first half of the season, it was looking like I was kind of leaning towards right, maybe even a little less in the first half, but it was looking like it was heading towards that direction. But they figured it out in the only the way that Tom Brady could, and we saw what they did. Yeah, and then the Carolina Panthers. I was a little hurt that you had my boy Matt Rule down at two and fourteen, but I mean they weren't a great team, and I think maybe they surprised a couple of people, but not many. I mean uh, two and fourteen, five eleven. That's it's not that big of a difference. No, and I thought I was going to see second half. Carolina more than first half Carolina because Teddy Bridgewater was just got off on that second half and the team couldn't really get much done. I thought that's what we we're going to see all season. Uh, they played a little bit better in the first half, got a couple surprise wins. Um, you know, Matt Rule is a guy, he, he really looks like a great coach just from his first year in the NFL. We, we You and I both have a lot of faith in him going forward for the Panthers. Once they get their quarterback and they get CMC healthy, the defense is already in, you know, pretty decent shape. Just add another piece or two all around and they could be a pretty solid team. Yeah, for sure. And Chase, we now move on to the... Uh, man, this is tough. The biggest yikes of our offseason. This is the NFC East. And uh, I, I think I think our, our rankings were pretty similar, but oh boy, was this bad. Uh, I, I want to preface this by saying nobody predicted this right because no one could have predicted this absolutely horribleness that ended up out of this division. I just want to start with that, but I will read off my records and the order now. So Dallas Cowboys 12-4. and four. In all fairness, if Dak Prescott played, they, but based on how the rest of the division played, they probably would have been right about there. They would have won the division, and they probably would have had that many wins. Second, Philly eleven and five, Ugh. the Giants seven and nine, the Washington Football Team one and fifteen. Where who the hell would have thought that the Washington Football Team was the most impressive team out of that division? Yeah, and <laughs> I'm in the same boat, my guy, because I had Philly eleven and five, Dallas eleven and five. The Giants at three and thirteen, and the football team at two and fourteen. That wasn't the case as the records were: football team seven and nine, Giants six and ten, Cowboys six and ten, and the Eagles at four eleven and one. Um, I I feel like the bigger talking point is 
maybe the Eagles and the football team because the Cowboys obviously had the DAC injury and that hurt them yep. a lot. Uh, and then the Giants, I mean, they were kind of average and I, I kind of expected that. I mean, I expected them to be b- below average, but um, I, I don't feel like the big stories are there. So let's talk about the football team and the, and the Eagles. Yeah, so we'll start with uh, we'll start with the the sad story and go to the better story. So starting with the Eagles, Carson Wentz had you know that all time down season. Really couldn't do anything right. He just struggled very heavily. We could see him move this offseason. We could see him compete for the job again in Philly. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? Uh, he's a better quarterback than he showed last year. Like that's true. He's someone who lost his confidence though, and he seems like a guy. You know, if a quarterback loses his confidence that easy and like plays that bad that you know, that quickly, you know, it seems like a guy who shouldn't probably be a starting quarterback in the NFL. But he has the talent, so if you can find a way to reestablish that confidence, then sure, he could be good somewhere else. But it's really started with Carson Wentz struggling. Uh, Miles Sanders did not take the next step like a lot of people thought and hoped that he would. The tight end situation was a nightmare. Zach Ertz went down the toilet, kind of like I called out in our uh, fantasy prediction show. But you know, I, I, I just I don't need to keep talking about me being right. That that's just you know that we we don't need that. We hear that too often. So, but really, this this Philly team. Uh, the defensive backs were brutal. They brought in Darius Slay. Didn't mean a damn thing. He didn't have a good season. They got fried. Really, every aspect of the game, they just got fried. Yeah, and uh, this is like the the one time you've ever been right on the show, Chase. So congratulations. Yeah, right. um, yeah I, my goodness. What a step back from the, the whole team. I mean, we, we knew the secondary was terrible, but... I mean, overall, the defensive line was pretty damn good. The offensive line was one of the best in the league. Carson Wentz, a top 10 quarterback. Uh, The wide receivers weren't great, but we thought bringing in two rookie wide receivers and uh, Marquise Goodwin, uh, you you know, there'd be something there. Was not the case at all. Uh, Carson Wentz, giant step back and was arguably the worst quarterback in the league. Uh, I mean, you could... Are you someone from the football team, Dwayne Haskins? Because uh, he lost his job pretty early on. He's now a Steeler. But let's talk about their story, Chase. Uh, this defensive line was the absolute heart and soul of the team. Uh, they were phenomenal. The defense as a whole was pretty damn good. Uh, Kyle Allen, he had a nice couple of games. But then when he got hurt, the comeback man of the year, Alex Smith, steps in. He played well. Uh, a great story for this franchise. Yeah, I mean, the team went 5-1 with Alex Smith as a starting quarterback, which is just absolutely incredible when you think about it. Someone who thought, you know, he's never going to play football again. He almost died from his injuries and his surgeries, but he made a miraculous comeback, did, you know, military training and rehab. Sure enough, he makes it back to the NFL. Uh, he he wasn't like just a completely, you know, overwhelming quarterback or anything. He's very underwhelming. He did what he needed to do. Uh, the team played well defensively. He helped manage the game offensively, and that's how they won their games. Uh, but it was, regardless, it was, you know, it was great to see. Um, we, I was hoping for a little more step up from their offense, even though I, even though I knew the quarterback, like we're going to be kind of rough in terms of fantasy value, at least thought, okay, they're going to be throwing the ball so much. We should see, you know, some great production. Logan Thomas had a great year, but I mean, other than Terry McLaurin, the receivers were kind of underwhelming. Uh, we saw, you know, good from Antonio Gibson. So look forward to watching them going forward. And then as you mentioned, you know, that defensive line, you know, the, the Chase Young, the Mad Eye Dynas, the uh, Montez Sweats, you know, this, like, it's just a tremendous defensive line. It's a great defense. If they find whoever their future quarterback is this offseason, they're a legitimate, like, playoff team next year. 
Yeah, absolutely. But Chase will now move on to the last team in the NF- or the last division in the NFC, and that would be the NFC West. Now, this one, I feel like we can't really fault ourselves because of it can't predict injuries, right? Uh, no. I assume that you had San Francisco first. I know I did. Uh, I'll let you. Um, I'll, I'll let you read off your division rankings, then I'll go mine. Actually, I did not have San Francisco first. I had Seattle first at thirteen and three. Then San Francisco at eleven and five, both making the playoffs. Uh, then the Arizona Coyotes, geez, the Arizona Cardinals at seven and nine, and then the LA Rams at four and twelve. Oh boy, you had the Rams down there, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I I, I remember I made the hot take saying this year we're gonna find out Sean McVay's a, a fraud, a phony, whatever. I, you know, I didn't actually Ooh. think I didn't actually think that, but I wanted to get a little hot take, and if in case I was right, then that'd be cool to say I was right. Um, but you know, obviously not. Gotcha. So you were just like playing the Alec card, just shooting random predictions out there. And when he hits one, he gets all up in your grill. Like, what's up? I told you Derrick Henry's the best. And it's like, yep. my guy. <laughs> um, yep. I, I had San Francisco 12 and four, Seattle 11 and five, Arizona nine and seven and the Rams seven and nine. How it actually panned out. Uh, if you're not following along, the Seattle Seahawks 12 and four, the Rams 10 and six, the Cardinals eight and eight and the 49ers six and 10. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, injuries, a big factor on why the 49ers weren't as good as they thought, as we thought, I should say. Uh, also, quarterback play, that wasn't great either. It really seems like Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo are kind of done together, and we could see Jimmy on the move. Um, Seattle, I mean, we expected that for sure. So, Chase, let's talk about the Rams and the Cards. Uh, why did we think the Rams weren't going to be as great? And then why did we have some faith in the Cardinals that actually did pan out? So, I'll start with the Rams. Um, I had them not at 4-12 and 12 because, like, I like Jared Goff. Um, he's un- he's an underwhelming QB, though, at the end of the day. I still like him. He's a Detroit Lion now, so really got to like him even more. But, it, like... It just it wasn't an offense they excited about. Uh, you know the offensive line, they they kind of struggled last year. You're hoping they were going to take a step up again. Um, they started playing a little better, but without Todd Gurley, you know that whole running back room, no one really knew what to expect, and they kind of struggled. They had some success. You know, Daryl Henderson had some success. Cam Akers had some success, but they just they never had enough consistent success. They couldn't do it in a row. Um, but like they ended up figuring out anyway. Regardless, you know the defense played incredibly well. They had Jalen Ramsey, they have Aaron Donald. I mean, what the hell else do you need? Even when you got John Johnson in the backfield too, it's just it was a great defense uh, supplemented by a productive enough offense, and I just didn't think it was all going to come together. Yeah, and I think it was a little bit of a recency bias as well because the Rams weren't great the year prior, um, and I'm, I was in the same boat. Not a Jared Goff fan, um, but I had them at seven and nine because I mean Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey; those are two players that. It can immediately change the defense. So, um, again, didn't have them in the playoffs. They eventually made the playoffs, so that was nice for them. But with the Arizona Cardinals, I think you and I both were excited to see Kyler Murray take this next step. And it looked like he did early on. Uh, Then he had a couple stinkers, and then he kind of, like, averaged out in between the two. Um, But uh, an exciting team to keep an eye on. But overall, the defense we didn't think was good enough, and Kenyon Drake... Not a starting back, in our opinion. No, and with Kyler Murray, we, we saw you know what he could do, um, and what we, he'll continue to do, can continue developing. He'll end up being a great quarterback. It's it's pretty obvious he's got you know an it factor, kind of Lamar Jackson type of player. So it's gonna be exciting to see that going forward. 
Uh, moving to that backfield, though, Kenyon Drake, he had some success, but was fairly underwhelming for the most part. It's kind of a weird year for running backs, though, at the same time. Uh, it was a pretty pass-heavy season this year. So if they find another running back, you know, this team, they, they could have some you know really nice success next year. It should be a playoff team. Uh, the receiving core is great. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins ended up having a fantastic year. Yeah, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitz is probably on his way out. Um, but a guy like Andy Isabella, he's someone who I really think needs to get used in that offense more. I love his speed. He has good hands. He runs strong routes. It, like, he just really should be used more, and I think he will be next year. And speaking of guys that need to be used more, Isaiah Simmons, I mean, they mm-hmm. just did not use that dude, especially in the first half of the season. He started getting more users towards the end, but you, know, you spend all this draft capital on a guy, someone who is a clearly NFL-ready talent, you just got to figure out where you want to use him. Um, and they just couldn't figure it out and weren't using him for some reason. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that point. Uh, I was actually going to bring it up after you were done because uh, how do you not use a guy you take eighth overall and someone yeah, who is just so incredibly versatile on the defensive side? So uh, a little disappointing, but uh, hey, we had faith that they were going to make that next step, take that next step, make that next jump. Um, that's what they did. They got to eight and eight. Maybe next year's a playoff year. We'll have to see. Uh, but Chase, we'll move on to the AFC. We'll start with the AFC West. Um, this one outside of the Chiefs was kind of all over the place. So what were your overall records? So I had the Chiefs at 13 and three, the Denver Broncos at nine and seven. This is prior to the Von Miller injury. Just want to state that the Chargers at six and 10. And then I had the Raiders at four and 12. Yeah, I in a similar boat here, Kansas City, 12 and four, Denver, 10 and six. And like Jay said before, Von Miller also before Cortland Sutton and just everything went bad. This was in the summer. Um 10 and 6 for the Denver Broncos. The Chargers go 8 and 8, and the Raiders go 7 and 9. Um, craziness all around. Uh, I, I guess we'll go over the actual ranking. So the, the Chiefs were 14 and 2, the Raiders 8 and 8, the Chargers 7 and 9, and the Broncos 5 and 11. Uh, Chase, feel free to talk about any of these teams but the Chiefs because that one's kind of obvious. Um, who do you want to talk about? The one team I want to highlight is Vegas. So I was down on the beginning of the year because I like the only reason like I really truly thought this is that John Gruden and Derek Hart didn't seem to get along. I thought that he was going to kind of get buried, maybe traded, maybe Mariota would get some starts. And um, Derek Hart ended up playing pretty well. And the Vegas, they had some success. It was a team that we both liked a lot. Once the season actually started going, they looked like they could maybe do something. Uh, came kind of down back to earth uh, after that start. But it just at 4-12, and 12, you know, I... I should not have predicted them that low. Like, honestly, just looking at the roster, should have predicted them better. I don't know why I had them finishing as bad as I did. I mean, I get it, though, because the defense wasn't great, and they don't have a tremendous passing game. Uh, The running game looked solid coming into the season. It was okay. I mean, Josh Jacobs had a terrible average, um, but, you know, overall, it, it was a pretty average team this year. Uh, I think I expected the defense to be a little worse than it actually was, even though it, it was pretty bad. Um, but an exciting look for the Raiders, you know, moving to Las Vegas. They had the new stadium. They were playing well, and that's exciting for Raiders fans. Uh, I'll talk about the Chargers next. 7-9 um, and nine in real life. I had them 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, I'm not sure why I had this, because I didn't expect Herbert to be this good right away. Um, I know you and I. He was our favorite quarterback, and we expected him to be good. 
Not this quick though. So if I knew what I know now, I probably would have had them as a playoff team. And of course that didn't even happen because of how many games they choked at the end, like the Falcons, but uh, definitely a a shock, Uh, a team that I think way differently of now than I did back then, even though I have them at a similar record. This team going into the season, if they had, if you looked at the roster and saw, okay, they have any at least competence at quarterback, you would think that they're like a, a borderline playoff team because, you know, like they have a great defense and everything. Uh, but I was just wary on Tara Taylor. I think he was a below competent type quarterback as an NFL starter. So I had them at six and 10, even though I liked the defense. Um, you know, they, they ended up splitting the middle on us between six and 10 and eight and eight, which is just, you know, perfect. Why not? Right. Um, but yeah, like Herbert, he had a fantastic year. You think when a quarterback has that kind of season, you should end up winning a couple more games than you do. You think he would be able to sneak out a couple himself and maybe make the playoffs. But Anthony Lynn just loved choking games, dude. It, it was an ugly sight. Yeah, absolutely. But Chase, we'll now move on to the AFC South. I'm going to change it up. I was going to go AFC East, but I feel like the AFC East is a little bit more exciting to talk about than the AFC South. So let's go with the AFC South. What were your divisions within that division? So Houston Texans at 10 and 6, Tennessee Titans at 7 9, Jacksonville Jags at 6 and 10, and the Indianapolis Colts at 5 and 11. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, it's, boy. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll talk about Indy when we get there and why I had that thought. Okay, so I went Tennessee at ten and six, Indy at nine and seven, Houston at seven and nine, and the Jags at two and fourteen. How it actually worked out: the Titans eleven and five, the Colts eleven and five, the Texans four and twelve, and Chase's beloved Jags one and fifteen. First of all, I'm happy that the Jags did that because I thought they could have been a better team. Six and ten, that wouldn't really help them. At least, you know, they're, they finish one win. They can get Trevor Lawrence. I can just help my fantasy team, help my fandom as well. But with the Colts, I had them a five and eleven because I was just not happy with the quarterback situation. Phillip Rivers, uh, he, like, he, did, he wasn't even that great this year. Had a terrible season the prior season. I uh, thought he was going to struggle even harder coming into Indiana, Indianapolis. I thought they were going to move on to Jacoby Brissett, and then he was going to struggle, then finally turn over Jacob Eason, and he was going to struggle. The quarterback struggles were going to be so bad they couldn't overcome it. The defense, as you know, even though I know it's a great defense, didn't think they, I, they were going to form what, like where they did. thought they maybe – I just had a feeling they were going to kind of be like a middle-of-the-road type team. Um, and then Jonathan Taylor, I didn't know that he was going to be able to do his thing because Marlon Mack was in the way. I was really hoping that he could, but, you know, couldn't guarantee anything. Uh, but Jonathan Taylor, he finally got to do his thing and really helped his team get some wins. They end up just performing, you know, as a whole better. Their their record flipped from, you know, I had five eleven, they went eleven and five. Um, it, it it was it was just a bad prediction, really. I, I think it just shows how important the offensive line and defensive line are. How how important the trenches are because that's something that the Colts have locked down. They've got one of the best offensive line with so many great young players there, like Quentin Nelson, a great defensive line that's headlined by DeForest Buckner. So uh, they did really well and. It wasn't only Jonathan Taylor who performed. It was also Naeem Hines and Jordan Wilkins, which oh, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't see coming. Like, I, I obviously thought Marlon Mack was going to be the number one, and then Jonathan Taylor probably the number two. Marlon Mack gets injured early, and then all three step up to the plate. It was awesome to see. Um, the Titans, um, 
I, I mean, I don't really have much to say about them. I had them first, and I just, I just kind of feel like they're a boring team, honestly. Sorry, any Titans fans out there listening. Um, the Texans, you get rid of DeAndre Hopkins and give no help whatsoever to Deshaun Watson. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, and was like, why did I predict them at ten and six? I did, I think I I think what I figured was Deshaun Watson is still like three games, and that would put them at ten and six compared to the rest of their division, which would be kind of struggling. Um, but obviously that just didn't happen. Bill O'Brien was a big old boner, that's for sure. Um, so hopefully this team going into this next season, um, they can figure out whatever the hell they got to do. They're not going to have D Watts more likely than not. Um, it I mean even if they do, regardless, it's just going to be a horrible, messy situation. Feel bad for Texans fans, um, but that's what you get for liking a team without a logo. Yeah, absolutely. And Chase, I want you to talk about the Jags a little bit, if you can. If you can recall what you were saying back in the summertime, because going back and finding the hot takes, uh, you were very adamant that they would not be the last place team. You were very adamant that they were going to be an average to below average team, but they would be nowhere near. Not, not, I wouldn't say nowhere near, but you said that they were not going to be the last place team. That's going to be, um, whether it be the football team or the Jets, uh, you were for sure thinking the Jags, not a last place team. Why was that your thought? Well, I'll, I'll just kind of like talk about, like I'll go through it as the season happened, explain like why I, I thought it in the first place though. So, you know, they win the first game of the season. Uh, they played pretty well. It was against the Colts, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they won the first game against the Colts and um, they kind of started looking like, oh, look, it could be right on both of these teams. Um, and they, they looked good. And Gardner Minshew was a guy who he had a very nice rookie season. Um, when it comes down to the underlying numbers, even like in terms of efficiency and like all, all the deep analytics, he was the best rookie quarterback last year, um, even though people want to say it's Kyler Murray based on just like the total like obvious yards and stuff. But when it comes down to the deep analytics, Gardner Minshew was the better uh, quarterback. So you, you're like, all right, he can take a good step coming in this year. Uh, the team was kind of underwhelming in front of him anyway. He's got a couple of uh, other pieces now. You know, he's got Lovisco Cheneau. Uh, oh, they cut under Fournette, so now they can do the running back. Well, James Robinson stepped up immediately and showed that he's a guy. And he stayed stayed playing that way all year. Um, so, like, it, it's just it's strange that they ended up as bad as they did. Honestly, it's it, it just all because Gardner Minshew. He struggled a little bit, then he got hurt, and then they just committed to the tank at that point. They just kept Mike Lennon going. They waited till Gardner lost his confidence and was frustrated, then threw him back in to the point where he was struggling. Uh, like You could tell once they lost a couple games, they were just ready for that tank job. Yeah, absolutely. But Chase, we'll now move on to the AFC East, um, a division where both you and I had the Bills at the top and the Jets at the bottom. And I, No, no, no. You had, the, you had the Patriots at the top, didn't you? I did, actually, because I thought that Cam Newton was going to be, like, uh, at least competent throwing the ball. I didn't expect anything major, but I thought he was going to throw the ball enough and run it great enough where they're going to be all right. All right, let's uh, let's run through your predictions real quick. So, I had New England 11-5, Buffalo at 9-7, Miami 5-11, Jets 3-13. Okay, I had the Bills at 10-6, the Patriots 7-9, Miami 5-11, and the Jets 2-14. In actuality, the Bills thirteen and three, the Dolphins ten and six, the Patriots seven and nine, and the Jets two and fourteen. Uh, I don't think there's really much to talk about the Jets and the Bills. Um, pretty expected. Uh, I'm sure you can talk about the Bills a little bit. You're probably itching to do that. Um, but I think Miami and the Patriots kind of the big stories here in this division. 
yeah, so I'll just, I'll just mention my thoughts on the Bills real quick. Um, I did not like the running game because Singletary had a rough year, and I didn't like the drafting of Zach Moss. I thought it was an ugly running game. I thought it was going to be so bad to the point where Josh Allen wasn't going to be able to do enough, and I thought Josh Allen was going to continue to grow, but I didn't think he was going to take the step that he did. Like He took a massive step, a step that nobody could have predicted. I thought he was going to be a top-half quarterback in the league this year, not a top-three quarterback. Um, so, you know, those things kind of compounded to them being better than I thought. I still had them in a playoff spot and winning a playoff game too, even at nine and seven. So they, you know, in terms of playoffs, they did kind of similar to what I predicted them, but yeah, I could have predicted them a couple more wins, but starting, I'll start with the Patriots had them as a playoff team. Um, you know, I mentioned that Cam Newton, I thought he was going to be a, at least decent thrower, not only throw four touchdowns on the year. Uh, and he ran the ball fairly well for the most part, started off the season running it well, and then everything just kind of fell apart for the team. It, it just it just didn't go right for the Patriots for the first time in forever. You know, fine by me. I, I'll, I'll be wrong about this one and not really care because I'm tired of the Patriots just, you know, winning and dominating all the time. But it, it was kind of crazy to see Cam Newton start off pretty decent and then just regress so hard. Yeah, the offense was really tough. And I think it just proved that Tom Brady was the system. And this was a story coming into the season that we were so excited to see what would happen. Is it Brady? Is it Belichick? Is it both? Is it neither? Uh, It turns out it seems like it's more Brady because these are the same weapons Brady had. And he led them to the playoffs last year. You bring in Cam Newton, a former MVP, and he couldn't do anything with these weapons. So uh, it it was a tough offense for the Patriots. Uh, I think the defense even took a step back, but... When we look at the Dolphins, I mean, man, Brian Flores, he is awesome. I'm so excited to see his progression. Uh, The one thing that I I don't want to say I was shocked about or like I I wouldn't be shocked about hearing it when I was thinking this in the offseason. And that's that Fitzpatrick had to continue to come in and replace Tua. But like looking at it now. Like, that's a little shocking. I, I didn't think Tua was going to be that bad to the point where once he finally got the starting gig, he had to get pulled, like, I think it was two or three games just so that they could get the dub. Well, I see, like, I obviously I couldn't predict that specifically, but, like, I was talking about it prior to the season, like, Tua needs to sit for the year because he's just, like, he's not there yet. And when we saw him play, it, it showed he wasn't there yet. He made some fine decisions. Um, for the most part, he struggled very heavily. He was... One of the worst like rookie quarterbacks actually started a decent chunk of games in the last like twenty years. I heard some stat that I I don't know what the hell it, it was. Um, like I think I think it was completion percentage or something like along the lines of that. Um, to start eight games, he was like 49th of fifty one rookie quarterbacks. Um, it, it, he he struggled. He didn't really do a very good job. Um, someone I didn't have very high expectations on in the NFL. Thought maybe he could have some success, but was pretty weary on it. And right now it's, you know, leaning more towards my side of the argument than towards like the Alec and Johnny side of the argument. Definitely the Johnny side of the argument. Johnny thinks he's the goat already. Um, Yeah, but I had him at five and 11. I I think it was because I was looking at them versus the Bengals and I'm like, oh, no, the Bengals took the better step this offseason. They signed more free agents and uh, they got Burrow over Tua. So I can't have the Dolphins over the Bengals. Uh, Unfortunately, that was not the case as the Dolphins had one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, I don't remember how many straight games it was. I know it was over seven straight games. They had a turnover. Um, the, the defense forced a turnover, I should say. So that defense was awesome. And I think that's really the sole reason why they were much higher than what we both predicted. Yeah. You know, I, I, 
I mean, you really hit that on the head there. I got to agree with pretty much everything. Perfect, Chase. Uh, I'm so glad when you tell me that I am just unbelievably correct. Uh, so thank you for that. But we'll move on to the AFC North now, uh, the division of my love and a lot of my hate. Uh, what were your division rankings? And then I'll go over mine. So I had the Baltimore Ravens at 13-3, and three, the Cincinnati Bengals at 8-8, eight and eight, Cleveland Browns at 8-8, eight and, eight, and the Pittsburgh Steelers at 5-11. and 11. This was, you know, prior to Joe Burrow injury, thought that the offensive line was going to play a little bit better in front of him and that Joe Mixon was going to stay healthy and actually like, want to play football this year. But none of those things happened. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I was not that high on my Bengals, and surprising, right? They're my Bengals, and I wasn't that high. Uh, I had Baltimore at 12-4, and four, Cleveland at 9-7, and seven, Pittsburgh at six and ten, and then the Bengals at six and ten as well. Uh, not the case for the Steelers as they did pretty well, uh, even though you and I called them out as frauds and ended up actually being quite a fraudulent team towards the end. Uh, nothing more exciting than seeing Von Bell smoke Juju after he did his little Corvette Corvette on the freaking uh, Bengals logo. That was so enjoyable. But uh, Chase, let's talk about the Steelers. Let's talk about the Bengals, and then if we want to, we can talk about the Browns too. But I feel like the Ravens were pretty, pretty on par. Yeah, I, I agree. So, uh, you know, I I'll start with the Bengals real quick. I kind of mentioned those three things, and those are the things I thought were going to happen. Um, on top, I thought the defense was going to you know be solid, and then the offense would be solid enough too, where they could be an average team that sneaks in the playoffs because of a weak AFC. Where it really is very different. The AFC was strong this year. Um, Burrow got hurt. Joe Mixon didn't play. The offense line was underwhelming. You know, we, we saw the emergence of T. Higgins. He, he had a great season this year. Tyler Boyd is still around. The tight end still couldn't get figured out. So, you know, at the end of the day, there was, there was a couple of good that I mentioned there, but mostly it's outweighed by the bad, and the Bengals just couldn't figure it out from there. Yeah, and I think that if Burrow stayed healthy all the way through, I think they might have even split where you and I had them. So I had 6-10, and 10, you had 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, Burrow got injured during the Washington game. And they had the lead. So I think they could have taken that one. And then they also had the Giants and the Dak Prescott list Cowboys on their schedule. I think they could have taken both of those. Unfortunately, they dropped both of those. Um, and, and then they were able to pull off wins against the Steelers and I think it was the Texans uh, with Jeff Driscoll and Brandon Allen. So I think if Joe Burrow's in, you could possibly be looking at like a, a seven-win team, maybe even an eight-win team. Unfortunately, Burrow goes out, and like we said with the 49ers, you can't predict injury. So unfortunately, we got that incorrect. But Chase, let's talk about the Steelers now. Uh, we were not a fan of their run game. Uh, we liked the receivers, but we thought Big Ben was taking a step back. Uh, thought the defense was solid, had a lot of good young pieces, but we didn't know if they were going to be a top defense yet. There was a lot of things that made us think that Steelers weren't going to be that good. I just got to say this, the Steelers were the worst 11-0 team in the history of football. Like, they were not good. They beat bad team after bad team after bad team, and then got lucky, got battled by refs. The Steelers team that we saw when they actually were facing real competition, real adversity, it was the Steelers team that I predicted at the beginning of the season. They they ended the season horribly. They were ugly. They didn't. They just looked like one of the worser teams in the NFL uh, for a decent stretch because they weren't that good. You know, the receiving game is is solid, but not nothing like amazing right now. Uh, you know, the tight ends were trash. The running game trash. The quarterback trash. The defense. You know, of course, you, you got T.J. Watt. Uh, he, he's just a beast out there and you got Fitzpatrick in the backfield like the the defense like sure you know they were uh, like 
they were solid still, and we kind of thought they'd be solid, but the offense was exactly what we thought, and it didn't work. Um, it just it's weird how lucky and like fortunate they were those first eleven games. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, definitely something to look at because when they get smoked by a burrowless Bengals team. That's that's got to say something. But Chase quickly yeah. mentioned in the Cleveland Browns. I mean, we expected them to be in the playoffs. They had an embarrassment of riches. They just needed to find their coach and some consistent play from Baker. That's exactly what they got. Yeah, you know, it, it's a team that we, we thought were, they were taking the right steps. And, you know, we, we obviously like the roster, as you just mentioned. And the coach finally worked out hiring, uh, you know, Freddie Kitchens last year was a terrible decision. We both agreed on that and we we're both right on that. You know, it's just hard being so right all the time, Mike. Um, but, yeah, you know, the Browns did kind of what like what we thought they would. They would took they finally took the next step. Um, they still got some money this offseason. If, if they want to win a Super Bowl, I really think this upcoming season is their year to do it. Uh, if Baker takes the next stop, they can sign a couple players before they got to, you know, sign Baker. They got to sign Miles Garrett and they got to, you know, hit up these big extensions. So, like, they're really in their Super Bowl window right now. Absolutely. And honestly, Chase, I'm thinking we're going to need to change the name of the WNP podcast to the WAR podcast, because although we are not professionals, we're always right. Facts. Big time <laughs> Facts. Uh, well, Chase, let's uh, let's not look at all the times we're wrong because we're moving on to our hot takes. And yes, <sighs> th- these are hot takes. We think that there there might be a chance of these hitting, but we're saying them because we think it's really out of the realm of possibility. People don't think it's going to happen. But if they do, we were right. Right. So uh, that's exactly why we did them. Chase, we're going to talk about your first one. And luckily, Alec doesn't listen to the show, or at least I don't think, because you actually made a bet on this one. Uh, You said that the Jags won't use significant draft capital on a quarterback, as Minshew will prove he's good enough. And you bet 20 bucks with Alec that the Washington football team would be worse than the Jags. Interesting. I mean... It, I thought it was a fair bet. I still think it's kind of a fair bet. I just, I think the Jags really purposely tanked there at the end of the year once Minshew got hurt. Um, and the football team had the fortunate luck of playing in that weird, awful division and could squeeze some things out. But I don't know. I don't know. That's just all speculation. Uh, if Alec tries to come after me after that bet, if he listens to this, I he said we made a Stefan Diggs bet where he was going to pay me. I said, just don't worry about it. So if he tries to take my money from me, I'm just going to tell him to eat it and give me my money for my, for my Stefan Diggs bet then. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you, you won't have to worry about it, though, because he probably like clicked on it, gave us that one view and then like closed out of it. So we should be yep. good. Um, my first hot take, the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll have a top seven offense in the whole league. Uh, they were close. They were uh, 29th. <laughs> Super close. I mean, in all fairness, I thought this was going to be a team that was going to be able to score a lot, too. Um, even with the offensive line, I thought they were going to take a step, but still struggle. But if, if the team was healthy, if Joe Mixon was healthy, Joe Burrow was healthy, and everyone was just going, like there was a lot of signs to show that they could have taken all those right steps. Um, I think we're going to see that more this season coming up in the following season. We'll see them take those steps and they'll be that type of team. Yeah. And I had confidence in Burrow and he looked good when he was playing. Uh, Mixon, unfortunately, got injured early, uh, but a, a lot of weapons on the outside, too. You had A.J. Green returning, who I expected to get back to form. He didn't. But I also got surprised by T. Higgins. Then you also have Tyler Boyd on Tate. John Ross as your fifth receiver. That's you know, not awful. So I expected them to be there, but uh, was not the case. And it, it kind of ties into 
your one of your hot takes, Chase, as you said, Joe Burrow will set the rookie passing touchdown record. Um, again, didn't happen, but it just shows our faith that we had in the Bengals offense. And he very well could have if he didn't get hurt. Uh, I'll just call it as it is. He was um, trending towards setting records and he was picking up his play after, he's, you know, he started a couple games a little underwhelming, but he started picking it up a little bit and I think he would have continued. I think he would have broken the record if he had a full season. So this hot takes a bit of a wash almost. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, he didn't hit it, I guess. Technically, so you can say it's wrong, but he would have gotten there. I agree. Both of our Bengals takes are washes. Um, the Facts. top seven offense, just a wash because of... Um, but then we'll go to my next hot take. And Chase, you were actually talking about this when you were talking about the Colts early on. One of my hot takes was that all three quarterbacks would start games for the Colts, that being... Philip Rivers, Jacob Eason, and Jacoby Brissett, and you were on board. You were very excited. You said, yes, this is absolutely happening, and I was confident in it, too. Didn't happen. Nope. Philip Rivers did decent enough and stayed healthy, and we saw what happened. They ended up having some wins. Yep, for sure. And then, Chase, your final hot take. And after we go over our hot takes, we're going to be talking about three of them from the other two members that were a part of the episode and just... Pretty much trashing what they said. Um, but your last hot take, Chase, was that Derek Carr would be an MVP finalist. Yeah, see, this is like where I got whole contradictory with my like record prediction, too, because like, you know, this is a hot take at the end of the day. But I thought like, all right, if the Raiders end up doing better than I predicted, geez, if the Raiders end up doing better than I predicted them at, which I thought they even kind of were going to after the predictions and they were a borderline playoff team, it would be thanks to the play of Derek Carr. And, you know, he played fine this year, but, like, obviously nowhere near that. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, he's been a very accurate quarterback. He's had a good passer rating. Uh, he hasn't – he's not a guy that turns over the ball, so it was understandable. And we've seen him play at a very high level, and it was similar to Carson Wentz. When they were younger, played at a really high level, pushing for the playoffs, but then they get that injury, and it really ruins their season overall. Um Unfortunately, I, I think the Raiders missed the playoffs. Uh, well, the Eagles, they went on to win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Uh, but similar situations for the players themselves. But yeah, my final take. Now, this is the same, contradictory to my predictions in the divisions, was that Billy B, Bill Belichick, would finish first in his division while Brady finishes last. And now my predictions for the two teams – I had Brady going 10 and 6 and I had Belichick going 7 and 9. So, I completely went against my hot take, but I mean, it was a hot take. Exactly. It's a it's a hot take exactly. And it didn't work out obviously. So, we'll now go over a couple other takes here. We'll start with Alex hot take. Uh Josh Allen would be benched for Jake Fromm. Uh oh, it was close. Idiot. It was close to happening. What 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 an imbecile. What an imbecile. That's all I, that's all I have to say. I don't have to say anything else. I, I wanted to find some more from Alec because I know you love trashing his takes, um, but we were getting too close to recording time. So I'm like, all right, I got one. That's fine. Uh, I, I got two from Graham here. Uh, we'll start with his one about the Bucks. He said that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would have less than eight wins. Uh, he did not like this Tampa team. Uh you were on board. You said, yeah, I agree. And I th- you predicted them seven and nine, right? Yep, I did. Yeah. So uh, both of you guys um, 
shown, yeah, yeah once again, imbeciles. Um, Shut the hell up. And then Graham's final hot take that we'll mention, the Lions will get nine wins and win a playoff game. Yeah, that didn't happen. That that, that was not very close. Uh, it, it, it hurt. I read to the Lions having 10 wins and missing the playoffs in my predictions for the uh, standings. So I don't remember if I agree or disagree with that one, but it, it was it was heartbreaking. And this one was a long one. I, I think everyone was out because he said playoff win. Um, yeah. But this one, I think there was like a good 15-minute conversation about it because um, obviously you and more of Graham, but I, I think you were in, this, in a similar boat. Uh, Graham was all aboard the Patricia train. He was like, Patricia's it. Like, just give him one more year. We got a better team. He's going to show that he's, you know, a great coach. And I was in there saying, well, my guy, we've seen Kyle Shanahan. We've seen Sean McVay. We've seen Brian Flores, you know, show some spark with a bad team. They still showed some spark. And I haven't seen that from Patricia. So I'm not agreeing with this. And Alec was on my side because when isn't he? Um, And then (laughs) you were you were with Graham, you know, trying to push. Well, Patricia is, you know, hopefully going to prove some stuff. But you eventually did disagree that they would not win a playoff game. Yeah, that, that, that sounds about right. And I still thought that Patricia, you know, he had the potential. Um, like, I don't think he's going to speed like Bel- Belichick, but I think if he got another chance somehow, he might be able to do something with it. It just didn't work out in Detroit. If he changed up the way he approached it a little bit, didn't try to be so dictatorship, like like if he, you know, lessened it a little bit, you know, still made it strict rules, but uh, just didn't like constantly just, you know, try to imitate Bill Belichick and did his own thing, I think he'd have a little more success. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it seems like, he rubbed players the wrong way. I mean, you guys moved on from a lot of players like Darius, like, like Quandre Diggs, uh, and then Matt Stafford saying that he'd be traded anywhere but the Patriots, which is where Patricia is at now. Um, just didn't seem like a great experiment. And it looks like the Lions have a much better thing going on now. A, a lot of really nice names in their front office there. Yeah, I mean... Detroit's doing all the right things, you know, the front office, the coaching staff, everything is looking, you know, very up and up. Hopefully they can just give this team all the patience they need. And then in a couple of years, we can see what they can do. Absolutely. So that's going to do it for our NFL season retrospective. We want to thank you guys for coming out and giving us a listen. Um, we will be doing a mock draft coming up. I think it's going to be next week. Don't hold me to that, though. It might have to be the week after. Uh, after our first mock draft is released, we'll be going over our rankings, doing some uh, QB ranking shows, wide receiver ranking shows, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, a, a lot of good stuff coming. So if you want to stay up to date with when everything is coming out, make sure to go to Twitter. Hit us up with a follow at WNP Sports Pod. That's again on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. You can also get updates from our other social media accounts. We've got a Facebook page uh, and also an Instagram. Uh, those links will be down in the description of whatever you're listening on, whether that be a podcast platform or the YouTube video. So uh, if you would, Give us a five-star rating and a follow if you're on a podcast platform. And if you're watching on YouTube, if you could give us a like, give us a subscribe and hit the bell to turn on notifications. Also, put down in the comments which hot take was the worst. Um, I got a feeling it's either Alex or one of Chase's because both are just silly guys. Um, You're a silly guy. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, but that's going to do it for the episode, guys. We really want to thank you for coming out and giving us a listen. And as always, we're not professionals. Uh-huh.